This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is for mature audiences. It contains graphic violence and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Realm presents Blood and Gold, starring Richard Cabral. Episode 2. February 1850, Trincheras, Sonora, Mexico. The war is over, but the California gold rush is in full swing. The discovery of gold in Sutter's Creek two years earlier has triggered a stampede of would-be prospectors racing to make their fortunes in territory the United States has seized from Mexico. Hundreds of thousands of gold seekers continue to leave their homes lured west by the promise of riches. Mexico lost the war and much land along with it. But my father and brother returned from the fighting and I was grateful to have them home. Life in our little town, I believed, would finally return to normal. One moonlit night, Rosita and I borrowed two mares from her father's stables and rode to the foot of the mountains. From there, we climbed to our favorite spot, a rocky outcropping from which we dangled our feet over a swiftly flowing stream. Rosita was quiet, pensive. She held my hand as if afraid I would disappear if I let go. Tears glistened in her eyes. What is it, Rosita? What's wrong? It's my father. What about him? He's made an arrangement with Felix Castillo. Do you know who he is? From Hermosillo? La Grande? Yes, him. What kind of arrangement? And what does it have to do with you? Castillo's son Enrique is 19, and Castillo wants grandchildren. So? I'm almost 19, and I'm not married yet. My fingers touched my slender mustache, still new to me. There's no shame in that. There is to Felix Castillo, and I'm 17 now. It's time, my father says, for me to become a wife. You mean he, he wants you to, to, to? I couldn't finish the sentence. I knew what was coming. Rosita wept openly now. He wants me to marry Enrique. It's all arranged. There will be a substantial dowry. 
my father's wealth will be increased and he'll be able to buy more land to raise more livestock and get into the market more easily. It's everything he's ever wanted, all at once. But what about what you want? Does that matter? How can a girl deny her father's wishes? How can a father wish for his daughter to be unhappy? It's worse than you think. I once saw Enrique beat a servant because she spilled a little water on the table while filling his cup. Because his father's rich, he thinks he can get away with anything. And the worst part is, he's right. You can't marry him, Rosita. I don't want to. Oh, Joaquin, what can I do? You know it's you I love. The answer struck me like a thunderbolt. How to solve all of our problems in a single, bold stroke. Manuel and my brother Jesus are going to California to mine for gold. They want me to join them. Jesus's friend Chuy is getting wealthy there, but he needs help. And Jesus and I both have experience working the silver mines here. I felt Rosita's whole body tighten up. You're leaving? No, 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 you don't understand. I'm saying you should come with us. We can leave right away. We can marry. And your father won't be able to do anything about it. To California? That's right. We'll go to where Chewie has found gold. We won't need your father's wealth or Castillo's. We won't come back until we're richer than both of them. Do you mean it, Joaquin? Could that really work? Of course. Why not? Don't we need money to travel? I have a little saved up from working for your father. You bring whatever you can, and we'll earn the rest as we go. I, 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 I want to, but it sounds foolish, crazy, like a beautiful dream that can't possibly come true. Ah, but it can. What's to stop us? If my father finds out... Don't let him. We'll just borrow some good horses and go. Isn't it dangerous? We'll be with Jesus and Tres Dedos. What could be safer? Anyway, there are so many people going to California now. There will always be someone close by. When will we marry? Along the way. First church we come to. Without permission from my parents, you could be arrested. That's the chance I'll take. And once we're in America, we'll be out of the reach of the Mexican law. Rosita leaned into me, clutching my hands. Can we really do this? The real question is, why aren't we already gone? The nighttime ride was long and bitterly cold, but the horses were fresh and a full moon offered enough light to travel by. We'd taken three horses, not Rosita's father's best, but not the worst either. I rode Blanco, a strong white stallion, while Rosita rode Oso, a sturdy, shaggy brown stallion. For Jesus, we'd chosen Poco, a spirited gelding. Tres Dedos had a powerful mule he rode everywhere, and he would ride that beast, he said, to the ends of the earth. By the time the sun broke over the jagged peaks of the Sierra Madre, we could see Caborca lying in the valley, its rooftops catching the first of the morning light. The city was much larger than Trenchera, but a momentary hesitation gripped me. What if Don Ramon had already raised an alarm? Caborca was a parish seat. If Don Ramon had informed the authorities that his daughter had vanished, this would be among the first places he'd alert. Wow, 
There was nothing for it now. We were here. The city was still sleepy, but waking up. I spotted a pair of white towers looming above the other buildings, more or less at the edge of the town nearest the river. I recognized them immediately. That's La Purísima Concepción de Nuestra Señora. My father's been to mass there. It's lovely, but I don't think we have time for sightseeing. Do we? She's right, Joaquin. Jesus called. And why are you leading us out of our way? It's a church, and we need to be married. There? As good as anywhere else? But Tres Dedos was impatient. We don't have time for this. We need to stay on the road. Trust me, this won't take long, but it's important. You can marry in America. We can't wait that long. It'll be quick, I promise. But the church was empty. Rosita and I went around back, hand in hand, where we found a small plain chapel. Inside, we found a priest kneeling in prayer. We waited. When he finished his offices, the priest rose. He was young, probably not yet 30. He wore light blue robes with a white belt. He smiled when he saw us. Oh, I wasn't aware we had visitors. Buenos dias. Good morning, Padre. Is there something I can help you with? There is, Padre. We need to be married. Of course. In due time. No, I mean this morning. Now. The smile was replaced by a look of grave concern. How old are you? I'm 17, Rosita answered. And I'm 19. I lied. I would be in a few months. You can't marry at those ages unless you have your parents' permission. Where are they? They're home. In another town. Far from here. Does that town have a name? It does. But it's not important. Well, I'm afraid I cannot marry you. Not without permission. Come back with your parents or when you're older. Rosita fixed the priest with her big dark eyes. Please, Padre, it's very important to us. Isn't it better to be wet in the eyes of the Lord than to live in sin? Of of course it is. But the church has laws, as does Mexico herself. If you can't produce your family's permission, written and witnessed, you should go and sin no more. This wasn't going the way I hoped, but then an idea formed in my head. I'll be right back. Rosa, stay here with the padre. I walked back outside to the horses. I drew the flintlock musket from its scabbard, loaded and rammed it, placed some powder in the pan, and started back towards the chapel. Jesus looked concerned. What are you up to, Joaquin? You could hurt somebody with that. With luck, I won't need to. Tres Dedos tossed his reins to Jesus and climbed down from the mule. I have to see this. When we passed through the door of the chapel, Rosita gasped when she saw the musket. The priest looked equally alarmed. Now, now my son, we, we don't allow firearms inside the sanctuary. I've done plenty of things that aren't allowed, Padre. This is just one more. What do you hope to accomplish with that? I fully cocked the gun and pointed it at the priest as I drew near. I hope to encourage you to ignore your silly rules and marry two people who are in love. 
This is not the way to do it, young man. Put the weapon down. I'm sorry, but I can't do that. Step aside, Rosita. She watched the whole thing with an expression somewhere between wonder and glee. I stopped a few feet from the priest. I, 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 I understand what you're doing, my son, but, but, but it won't work. Padre, Rosita said, my beloved is impetuous, so I cannot tell you for certain that he won't use his gun. Even if I beg him not to, would you rather be shot dead than to marry two people who ask for it? Would I rather be a martyr than break my vows? The answer is yes. To marry you against the laws of church and state would be a grievous sin, and I can't do that. He can shoot me if he must. I hesitated. Shooting a man, a priest, was a serious crime, and what would it accomplish? Alive. The man wouldn't marry us, but dead. He couldn't. Then the door opened, and an old woman stepped inside. The priest reacted immediately. Senora Alvarez, perhaps you should come back in a little while. No, senora. Rosita countered. If you don't want the padre to be shot, please come forward. The priest became more anxious. He started to protest. You wouldn't. You don't know what he might do. Rosita cut him off. He's a desperate man, padre. I grinned. Rosita had always been the clever of us. I backed away from the priest, putting distance between us so the men couldn't try anything. The old woman stood frozen in place. I spun around and aimed the rifle at her. The old woman started back toward the door, but Tres Dedos moved in front of it, blocked her way. I called after her. Come, Senora Alvarez. You're just in time to witness our marriage. The old woman turned back to me with a glare that could burn through walls. Senora Alvarez is mute, the priest explained. She comes this time every day to light a candle and pray. It's easy to see in her eyes what she'd say if she could, Rosita said. Would you be willing to see her become a martyr instead of you? I don't believe you shoot a harmless old woman, my son. Don't talk to him. Rosita snapped. Talk to me if you want to save lives. Which will be, Padre, her life or our marriage? The priest fell silent. I had to keep the pressure up if this was going to work. Hurry up, Padre. My finger's getting tired, and I wouldn't want to pull the trigger by accident. Very well. But you'll have to put the gun down for the ceremony. That's not going to happen. If it's the first wedding you've done with the musket in the mix, and so be it. Well, you'll have to come back up here. Rosita softened her tone as she turned back to Senora Alvarez and ushered her toward the priest and me. Come, Senora. Despite appearances, this is a joyous occasion. Two young people in love are sealing their bonds before the Lord. Soon we were all standing before the simple altar. I facing Rosita but with the gun trained on Senora Alvarez, the priest between us and the altar, facing the empty kneelers. Tres Dedos watched from the door. My dear friends, you have come together in this church 
so that the Lord may seal. Make it fast, Padre. I interrupted. Skip the boring parts. Very well. What are your names? I'm Joaquin. She's Rosa. Joaquin and Rosa. Have you come here freely and without reservation to give yourself to each other in marriage? As one, Rosita and I answered. We have. Will you love and honor each other as man and wife for the rest of your lives? Again, we answered in the affirmative. Will you accept children lovingly from God and bring them up accordingly to the law of Christ and the church? We will. Said Rosita. Of course I added. Get to it, Padre. Since it is your intention to enter into marriage, join your right hands and declare your consent before God and His church. Let's make it the left, I told the priest, shifting the musket so that I held it with my right, still keeping the muzzle pointed toward the old woman. I took Rosa's left hand in mine. I take you, Rosa, to be my wife. I promise to be true to you, to love and honor you, and all that. And I, Rosa, take you, Joaquin, to be my husband. I promise to be true to you in good times and bad, in sickness and in health. I will love and honor you all the days of my life. You should have gone first. You know all the right words. To the priest I asked, are we done? Almost. May the Lord in his goodness strengthen your consent and fill you both with his blessings. What God has joined, men must not divide. Amen. That's it. Do you have rings? Rosita took a red silk scarf from her neck, which she put on against the chill of the nighttime ride and wrapped it around my left wrist. This will do. For now. You have to take communion, the priest added. I think we'll pass on that, Padre. We'll do it later, when we have a little more time. Wrap it up. Very well, the priest said. Que Dios los bendiga en el nombre del Padre del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Amen. Amen. We echoed. Is that it? You're married in the eyes of God, the priest answered, if not the eyes of Mexico. That's all we ask. We weren't planning to be in Mexico much longer anyway. In California, we knew no one except Chuy, and he would accept our word on it. All I wanted was for Rosita and I to know that we'd been married in a church. At last, Rosita pushed the musket's barrel down toward the floor. I smiled. Thank you for witnessing our blessed moment, Senora Alvarez. And you, Manuel, will be going now, Padre. We appreciate your assistance. Vaya con Dios. I kissed Rosita, then took her hand and led her toward the door. Before she followed Tres Dedos through, she stopped and turned toward the priest. Tell the truth, Padre. Out of all the weddings you've performed, which one will you remember for all the rest of your days? Ah, this one to be sure. That's what I thought. 
Que tenga un buen día. <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The first indication of why the road to the north was called El Camino del Diablo came the next morning. Coming out of a mountain pass onto a steep, gravelly pitch Rosita spotted the wreckage of a wagon off to the side. Joaquin, look, do you think there's anyone inside? The thing had likely fallen off the road and rolled down the slope. One intact wheel stuck up into the air, but the other one was destroyed. The boards of the side that I could see were caved in, and a brown stain on one of them might have been blood. It's been there a while. I judged. No horses around. I think if there was anybody in there, they're long gone. We traveled on, but I couldn't shake the image of the bloody stain from my mind. Less than an hour later, we came upon a dead ox, bloated. A short time after that, we spotted a horse, or the ragged remains of one, after carrion eaters had been at it. The first human corpse didn't show until the sun was high. Like the horse, it had been visited by animals. What flesh remained looked like tattered paper. He's been dead a long time, Tres Dedos said. Not he, Rosita corrected. Only then did I realize that the fabric splayed out beneath the corpse's leg was a skirt. Hour after hour we rode, and the farther north we went, the more horror we encountered. Men, women, whole families, slaughtered and left to rot in the sun. Burned out and looted wagons, mules and horses, and oxen in various stages of decomposition. So many bodies spread like signposts marking the route to California. We all carried plenty of water, but with every league we traveled, the landscape seemed to become harsher, more brutal, laced with empty, rocky stretches. I felt we were being watched from every hilltop, and I worried about what was around every blind curve. I stopped loaded the musket, then remounted and carried it across my lap as I rode. 
close at hand. Jesus and Tres Dedos had their own weapons at the ready. Look at all the wagon tracks, Joaquin. Rosita said hopefully. All the hoof prints. Yes, there are dangers out here. But for every dead body we pass, there must be a thousand people who've traveled this road unharmed. And none of the bodies have appeared very fresh. I haven't even seen many buzzards. I suppose you're right. Of course I am. That's why you married me, isn't it? For my astute powers of observation? My concerns didn't vanish, but they lessened. Still, I kept the musket close. When I heard the clomp of the hooves and the creaking of saddle leather from around a bend, I raised it and brought my horse to a halt. Get behind us, Rosita. She did. Tres Dedos took the front position, Jesus and I flanking him, each of us holding a musket. After a few moments, a man came into view, riding an aged mule. The man was Mexican, older, even than Tres Dedos, but not much more than 30. His eyes stared into the distance from a face caked with blood. He didn't even seem to see us at first. Jesus called out to him, Sir, are you hurt? And when the man didn't answer, my brother tried again. Sir, can we help? Finally, he noticed us and blinked. Turn back. What? Go back to wherever you came from. You don't want to be here. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> San Papagos, raiders, bandits, whatever danger you can imagine lurks on this road. San what? <coughs> Rosita asked. <coughs> the man cocked his head toward the north. <coughs> San Papagos, native. They live up there. They see this road as their own treasure trove and attack those heading north on it to steal their food and trade goods. There are eight of us, all armed. <coughs> only I have survived, and that's only because I have fallen behind. Are you hurt? I asked. They, they never saw me. But the blood. The man touched his face as if he'd forgotten about the blood painting it. He looked at his fingers. After the Indians left, I went to my friends. What was left of them? I must have gotten blood on my hands. Jesus asked how far away the attackers were, and the man shrugged. Half a day's ride, more, more or less. But they were headed the other way, last I saw them, farther north. Did you see any water up there? Rosita asked. Not as far as I went. What will you do now? The man shrugged again. Back to Hermosillo, I, I guess. Somebody else could have my gold. I'd rather have my life. I hope you have a safe journey home. I hope you turn around. It's not worth it. My brother's best friend is waiting in California. Our futures are there. Que Dios los ayude entonces. God help you. The man gave the mule his heels, and the beast carried him toward the south. When he was gone, I rode close to Rosita. 
Are you sure about this, Rosita? We could go home too. We can't. We've broken the law. My father would have you arrested. Or worse. Anyway, you're right. Your future, our future, it's in the North. In America. I reached into my pocket. Felt the smooth, soft silk of her scarf. I hadn't given it back. And I didn't plan to. My future is wherever you are. Then you better head for California, she said with a grin. Because I am. The tracks of those who'd gone before made the road easy to follow. Now and again, we met fellow travelers headed the same way, and the occasional one who turned back or was returning to Mexico with his gold. We found water in the occasional small rivers and creeks, running down from the ever-present mountains. After a while, there were more than 20 of us, all bound for California, with three wagons behind us. Every night's camp turned into a fandango, with music and dancing, and people shared the deer or rabbits we'd managed to kill during the day, so no one went hungry. People shared stories of California, telling what they've heard from friends or relatives who've been there. I heard about a place called Los Angeles, where some wealthy Californians had vast ranches. I had spent most of my savings on supplies before the trip, and more along the way, so Rosita and I agreed to deter to Los Angeles instead of heading straight to the gold fields with the others. Jesus argued when I brought up the idea. We said we traveled together as a family. I had led him away from the others who were singing songs from home and loudly swapping tales of what they do with the riches they amassed in California, precisely because I feared such reaction. It's just for a few weeks. You and Manuel have been working longer than I have, and you've saved more. I don't want us to be a burden on you. <sighs> Family is never a burden. I understood the spirit behind the remark, but these days on the road, free of my father's judging gaze and my mother's fussing and Esmeralda's chatter, I felt a sense of freedom I've never known. Of course, but newlyweds also need some time to themselves. We don't want to have to hush ourselves every time we make love for fear of embarrassing everyone else. Jesus laughed at that, and I knew the <laughs> battle was won. You two are incredibly annoying, smooching all the time, making eyes at each other, slipping away for your private chats. I know. A few weeks. That's all we need. We'll earn some money so we can help with expenses. You and Tres Dedos go ahead and find us a good spot. And soon we'll have enough gold to build a castle out of. One month, no longer. And you'll write to me at Chewie's address every week to keep me appraised. I promise. And you tell Tres Dedos, I don't want him to hear it from me. I promised him I would, glad to be done with the conversation. My cousin wouldn't object once he learned that Jesus had agreed. I rushed back to Rosita to tell her the news. Before we split off from the group, the entire party came to a halt. The landscape looked no different here than it had before. Open desert, hilly, with lots of low scrub 
and an occasional yuccas piercing the sky. But something was different. Just the same, I walked to the front of the pack where some of the group's members had gathered. What's going on? Just saying goodbye, one of them said. To who? To Mexico. You're standing in California, another man said. In America. Really? Now? Right now, you're no longer on Mexican soil. I crouched, dug my fingers into the earth, pulled up some dirt, and rubbed it. Feels the same. It was Mexico not so long ago. We should have kept it. Your lips to God's ears. You're a little late, though. Seems like I always am. I was too young to fight in the war as Jesus and our father did. I had to stay behind and take care of the family. We all play our part. I hurried back to Rosita, waiting with the horses. We're here. We're in California now. We are? That's, that's what they say. She slid from the saddle, wrapped her arms around me and held me tight. Even after days on the road, she smiled like heaven. We made it. We did it, Joaquin. Wow, we made it this far. We're not to the gold yet. We've done the hardest part, though. Yes, we had done that. We'd crossed the invisible line marking the border and marking much more, a new life. Together, new adventures, new challenges. And all of it with the woman I loved. Truly, my life had just begun and I couldn't wait to see what it would bring. The attack came less than two hours after we split off from the rest of the group on our way to Los Angeles. We had crossed the Colorado River on a ferry at the price of one dollar for each of us and another dollar for each horse. Rosita and I had no dollars, but the ferryman was willing to take vessels. I didn't know how many vessels would equal a dollar, and the number the ferryman quoted seemed like a lot. But the man said that although the river was deceptively calm, its placid surface hid man swallowing whirlpools and venomous snakes. So we paid the fee. Some rough-looking customers had gathered on the far side of the river, playing cards outside of a large tent. At the ferry's approach, one of them hurried to his horse, jumped on, and raced off to the west. I didn't think much of it after that. The trail canted slightly to the northwest, skirting tall sand dunes and leading into a stretch of increasingly steep, rugged hills sliced by narrow valleys. We had just entered the deepest valley yet. The man who had ridden west stepped out from behind a big rock. Two others rose up on the hillside, having hidden behind creosote bushes. All three held muskets. Let's have the rest of that pole, the first man said. Excuse me? Johnny signaled when you was on his ferry. You got money left over. We want it and whatever other valuables you got on you. I took in all three men. They were all still some distance off. 
Their primary advantage was that there was little room to maneuver in the canyon. My advantage was that the slope across from the one the men stood on was steep and thickly vegetated, offering some degree of cover for much of its height. It had helped that I had been riding Blanco for more than a week and had helped to raise the horse from birth. I knew the animal's capabilities. I knew also as well. And I had no doubts about Rosita's skill in the saddle. I only hoped I could keep up with her. We have very little money, I countered. Let us pass, or you'll regret it. Ooh, tough talk for the greaser. Fork over or we'll drop you where you stand. I wish now that Jesus and Tres Dedos had come with us. These men wouldn't have dared such a thing with those two around. My mind whirled with possibilities. Hand over the money that was supposed to last us until we reached Los Angeles? Or risk our lives with guns? In my experience, most men weren't very good shots. But how skilled were these particular men? On the other hand, moving targets were harder to hit. I whispered to Rosita in Spanish, telling her to follow me no matter what. Always, she replied. Without warning, I wheeled my horse around and gave it my spurs. You're listening to Blood and Gold, starring Richard Cabral. Blood and Gold is a Realm production in association with Stryker Entertainment. Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Blood and Gold stars Richard Cabral. Based on the novel Blood and Gold, The Legend of Joaquin Murrieta by Jeffrey J. Marriott and Peter Murrieta. Produced by Marco Palmieri, Fred Greenhalge. Kaylin West, and Haley Wagreich. Adapted for audio by Greg Cox. Directed by Elizabeth Nolden. Executive produced by Molly Barton, Marcy Wiseman, Russell Binder, Peter Murrieta, Julian Yap, and Richard Cabral. Historical notes read by Elena Ray. Spanish dialogue translated by Alana Grafham. Regional dialect coaching by Luis Armando Mercado Campos. Sound design by Eric Mooney. Mixing, mastering, and additional sound design by Rory O'Shea. Audio editing by Corey Barton. Original score by Juan Carlos Enriquez. Music supervision by Marcus Bagala. Production manager, Alexis Latshaw. Production coordinator, Angela Yee. 
Casting by Sunday Bowling and Meg Mormon. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Find more shows like Blood and Gold by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm. Thank you.